Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1TN5 for Wednesday, January 12th. I'm Aaron Matus. At his official presser, new UNLV Athletic Director Eric Harper says the Rebels have unlimited potential. Harper would also like to build stronger relationships with pro sports in town. If we can work as one to promote sports in this community, then we're doing really good things. Tulane AD Troy Dannon joins Learfield EVP Mike Hamilton's From the Chair podcast and acknowledges that prior to joining the NCAA Constitution Committee, he had not read the NCAA Constitution. But once I was appointed to this committee, I looked at it, he said. I shook my head. I read it again. I shook my head again because it was a hodgepodge. A constitution should define priorities, purposes, goals, objectives, missions. This constitution was very prescriptive. Autonomy was in there. There were some dictates in there and didn't seem to belong in a constitution. So really, rather than redefine the NCAA's organizational structure like all of us thought going in, really this was more of a matter of setting up a structure to allow Division I to restructure itself. Following the Alston case, and as the college athletics landscape continues to change, Dannon contends the industry is heading toward a sweeping wave of deregulation. There are going to be a lot of things that we've regulated because of this hope that we are going to establish competitive balance, and competitive equity and competitive balance is not ever going to occur legislatively, and should have never occurred legislatively. But that's what we did. Now we're going to have to deregulate that legislation and we're going to see massive changes in the next 12 to 36 months. Whether the CFP expands or not is going to be a speck on the list of changes in five years when we look back at how the NCAA is going to be. Among the topics Horizon Commissioner Julie Rowlock covers with On3's Eric Prisbel is her concern about the impact of potential federal legislation on NCAA governance. If you're reading the tea leaves, you're starting to see some real traction for do we need to go beyond the current scholarship model? That's revolutionary. If we change the financial model as really providing scholarships to student athletes and it goes beyond that, then where everybody's mind goes to is that's going to trigger employment status, which then most conversations go to collective bargaining or unions or just some level of a very different model than the current scholarship agreement offered to student athletes. In fact, Rolock notes the model could change so dramatically that what is offered to student athletes would just drop down to ground zero. And then a scholarship, the academic support, the psychological support, the room and board, all of those really important benefits would be like part of that negotiation process. And now you have tax implications because you're an employee. Nebraska AD Trev Alberts insists the path back to a national championship is tractable as long as you focus on the important stuff. He adds, Talking about playing in the national championship game, I mean, that is the furthest thing away from us right now. We need to learn how to tie our shoes. Literally, we're starting over. I'd rather stop worrying about all that big picture stuff and just narrow our focus into the granular details and control right now what we can control. We can get bogged down in all this NIL stuff and worrying what Texas A&M is doing in the NIL world and how we can compete with that. Let's just control what we can control right now and create a unified team that works its tail off and cares for each other and loves each other and is fundamentally sound and will never quit. We can do that. And guess what? If we do that, we will win more than three games. 
The Pac-12 must act decisively if the college football playoff is not expanded, according to the Mercury News' John Wilner, who suggests four strategic actions the league can take immediately. Eliminating divisions, tweaking the schedule, including the possibility of a flex schedule, pushing for NIL oversight, and borrowing against future earnings. Regarding the latter, Wilner writes, sometime in the late winter or early spring of 2023, Commissioner Klievkov will sign the contracts for the next cycle. Once that happens, and perhaps even before it happens, the Pac-12 presidents must plow resources into football. They know tens of millions of additional dollars are coming in 2024-25, so why not allow the athletic departments to borrow against the future revenues to improve the conference's competitive position during the final years of the 14 playoff? A comprehensive sustained football revival will take time to execute, but the longer the Pac-12 waits to start, the greater the chasm to cross. The imbalance of power isn't static, folks. The SEC's advantage is increasing every year. This and more in your D1 ticker email. I'm Aaron Matus, and this has been the evening standard of your D1 TN5 for Wednesday, January 12th. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again in the morning.